I was going to get a goldfish, but yeah, I wasn't too sure about a goldfish. So it was a toss up between a goldfish and a cat. So I made the decision to get a cat, and probably probably the best decision I made to tell you the truth. She's a terror, but I love her. I wouldn't know what to do without her. If I came home and she wasn't here, well, she's probably yeah, she's probably my rock, really. You know, I wake up in the morning, she's there. You know, I come home, she's there. So, yeah, we're we're a team. You know, I've got all this here. I've got a roof over my head, a bed, a heater, TV. I'm going quite well. But sometimes I can forget where I was. And when I walk down the street, I can sometimes forget that I was there once, you know? So sometimes I like to, sounds weird, but I've pitched a tent outside the unit on the grass area at the front and slept in the tent overnight. And why I did it, you ask me? Well, like I said, sometimes I just like a reality check. And that's what it comes down to, a reality check to say, you know, I was there once, you know, I'm here now. I've got a unit and that, but just remember that you were at one stage um, at the bottom of the barrel. I left home when I was 13. I was on the street. I went through a lot of gang life. Yeah, a lot of a lot of violence, you know. Um, yeah, a, a lot of things. Um, I started on pills when I was 12. Serapax and Valium. Um, I was given to them by a guy who disguised them in a lolly bag. They used to have lollies called um, kisses. And there used to be little shaped lollies, you know, in love hearts, and there used to be blue ones, white ones, and they used to have, and they'd have like little words on them, little pictures. So then I'd be getting a bag of lollies every week. Once you, once you get to that stage of feeling that euphoria, if that's what you want to call it, and feeling that good, you don't want to stop that. And that's when they come in and say, well, here, try this one, or try this one, or try that one, or try this one. So you just, and it's slowly, slowly gathering up, slowly gaining addiction, slowly gaining the power over you. By the time you, by the time you realise it's too late. By the time the parents realise, it's too late. From the age of 13 until I was 17, was probably um, the hardest time I had because I was, um, my mentors weren't the best mentors to have. You know, a lot of them were criminals. Um, very bad criminals. Um, I've known to hang around with, um, you know, like, I hate to say it, but, you know, rapists, murderers, you know, 
and people that just didn't care. You know, it was it was it was a pretty bad life. Um, and then when things things start to get go from bad to worse, really. Um, in and out of detention centres, Altara, Pentridge when I was 17, State Jails, Ararat, Port Phillip. Look, my life in Melbourne was very, very, it was going down a road of either death or jail. It's as simple as that. I would have been spending the rest of my life in jail, I would have been dead. It's just, it was just, I can't be any more black and white than that. My lifestyle up until now has been difficult to, you know, progress with society and stuff that's going on. Back then it was really, really hard. Obviously my lifestyle wasn't one that I was, um, wasn't looking at um, ending too quick or too soon. So when I decided to come to Tasmania, I decided that there needed to be a change. But... Accommodation was a big struggle. That was housing was just, when I came here, I thought, what am I gonna do? So I went and got myself a tent and started camping out. And then I did that for three years. Um, while I was on the street, for a while I got a job working as a labourer. So for about, I think a year while I was on the street, I was working. So I was going to work six in the morning I'd, I'd go and have a wash, you know, with a face washer under a tap, put my work stuff on, go to work, come back, find somewhere to have a quick wash, put some clothes on, go back to my tent. At that stage too, I had my dog, Boss. Um, yeah, sorry, I've got tears at the moment, because, yeah, um, yeah, he was my best mate. He's all I had. Um, excuse me for a sec. That's alright. Yeah, he was. He was by my side the whole time. Yeah, but. What happened to boss? I had to give him up. Yeah, because obviously, you know, I couldn't get housing. Well, I had him, so I had to give him up, and that was probably really hard. Um, yeah, so, yeah, from there, um, I went and stayed with some friends in Risnavale in their backyard in a tent, um, until... Yeah, obviously until I got some things together and um, through that time, you know, I was still smoking marijuana and taking ice at that stage, so it was still prominent in my life with that addiction. I tried to, um, in my life, oh, numerous on numerous occasions, and obviously being on the street, you know, my health diminished, I lost a lot of weight, depression kicked in, anxiety kicked in. Because I was on the street, I couldn't access 
a doctor easily. So that became a struggle. And then from there I went onwards to do rehab at the bridge in Newtown. I did that for three months. And for three months I spent on the phone to housing three days a week or five days a week, three times a day, hassling them. Mate, I need a place. I can't go back on the street. It's just not good for me. I just need, I need somewhere to go. So for three months, that's what I did. And here I am in Sandy Bay with a two-bedroom unit. You know, um, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones who got a unit. I mean, the list is astronomical from what I understand with housing. So there's, you know, there's so many people on a list and the list is getting bigger, not smaller. So it's not diminishing at any stage. Um, since I've been at the unit, you know, I've had a chance to settle myself down and, you know, take time. My life has changed drastically. Just getting the unit, it's made a difference in my life. Just to have a front door key on your, on your key ring, you know, it, it makes a difference. You know, to come home, be able to turn on my TV, to be able to have a shower, be able to lie down in the bed, turn my heater on, you know, the warmth. You know, I haven't, I haven't got, you know, a two-storey home with a, you know, with two kids and a wife and, you know, the, yeah, the Australian dream, you know, I don't, it's, I don't have, you know, like, I don't have much, you know, but what I've got is mine and I've worked hard to get where I am and I've done a lot of hours to get where I am too. Do I feel safe and secure? Yeah, I do. You know, I can lock my door, uh, my, my stuff's safe, you know, so yeah, and, and, and I'm proud. I'm proud of it. It might not be much, but like I said, it's mine and yeah, and I'm proud of it. The difference between making mistakes back when I was 13 and in those years where I didn't care and making those mistakes didn't matter because it wasn't, didn't really affect me any, to making those same mistakes today where they would affect me. They would affect the people that have been there for me, the supports that I've had, the, you know, the people that have pulled me out from the gutter or the, you know, the, you know, the people that got me here. I owe a lot of people my respect, my a whole lot of gratitude. Because if it wasn't for those people, I wouldn't be sitting here talking in this interview today. If it wasn't for the bridge program, I wouldn't be out of my addiction and I will never ever forget what they did for me. And I will always be grateful. I don't plan on going down that road again. Not this time. Yeah, I've had I've, I've had too good a road now to lose. Yeah, I I won't go down that road again. I just want to come home, watch my TV. Drink my my Milo, 
do my routine. That's my life now. And, and that life to me is how it is. I'm, I'm really, really proud of where I've come now. And when I wake up in the morning and get up and put the kettle on, put a smile on my face.